Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Dan Graziano is here giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Good morning, Dan. I, just, I got socks on. Yeah, I wish you could have been here for the segment because they did a close-up yeah. on his feet. Yeah. And if you ever thought you'd seen feet become nervous, I mean, the feet just tucked back in <laughs> the corner. The yeah. feet started to sweat. They're not yeah. used to being yeah, on camera. It yeah. was incredible. I've never seen this not, before. You know, like that's for the face. That, that's, that's what that's for. You well, know, the feet are not supposed to be. They're, that's right, but they caught me. Like with my feet crossed with yeah. socks and the Yeezys, the whole thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was not a good look. That's right. You, you could actually see my feet you getting embarrassed. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, feet, feet. the feet literally looked like me at my at a college bar when I was in college, yeah. hiding in the corner away from the women. Like that's what his feet were on set. Yeah, they looked officially nervous. Yeah, good guy, great broadcaster. Shy feet. Shy but feet otherwise, yeah. you know, that's like the scouting report. You know right? what's crazy? When yeah. you put on, when you get dressed in the morning, you're. I had the thought, like, I know one's going to see my feet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Time on this. All right. That's right. Um, Dan, <laughs> what do you make of the Bucks right now at 5-1? and one? Uh, I think <laughs> – I think Tom Brady is unbelievable. I mean, like, and I'm not just talking about as a player. Like, the, the change that has occurred there since he got there. They win a Super Bowl. They're starting 5-1. and one. Look, it's a Thursday night game when everybody always is at their worst. He has a hurt thumb that's been wrapped all week. He was out there like nothing ever happened. And no Gronk. The guys that are no Gronk, but the other two guys he signed are, are big parts of the game, right? Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. I mean, like he he went there and became the starting quarterback and the GM and the and the you know I mean just everything about him has changed that organization. I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl again. The secondary is a wreck. It's almost impossible to repeat. But you can't put anything past this guy. Mm. No, you can't, Dan. It, it's it's. No, he was here. You, you know when you when you look at the situation. With him, it's just one of those deals where, oh, what is going? On? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we, got we got you. you. Oh, we got you. Can okay, you, it keep felt going. like you. No, it felt like you couldn't. I couldn't hear him, so and it was a slight pause in there. But it's almost like he understands every single thing you're throwing at him. He's so cool, calm, and collective. It's all. He's the parents of the entire team and the team he's playing against. And, you know, when you're a parent of something, you've seen everything, right? Dan, you've seen it all. Nothing – it's just nothing can ever phase you. And that's, I think, where Tom Brady is in his career right now. When when he gets sacked or he gets pressured and something goes wrong, it's like, oh, okay, I almost threw that interception. Don't worry. Next time I won't make that mistake again. And that's what he's doing to people. But, think, I mean, think about that. Like, the, the coaches of the teams he's beating – were like middle schoolers and high schoolers when he started playing in the NFL. Like I'm not kidding. I mean, the right? Coaches. Like, like the coaches, like are in their early and mid 30s in some cases. So, like, yes, he has seen a ton more than the people standing on the other sidelines trying to figure out how to. And there got to be dudes who weren't born when he was started not in coaches, the NFL. But yeah, but some players pretty close, who weren't players, born. Nick Sirianni. Is, what was it, 01? 01 is his draft year? Two, so 2000 or 01? Yeah, so are there players? They're, they're probably, That's yeah. why I'm like, he's like their dad, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's theoretically possible. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of great quarterbacks, Bart Scott said yesterday that Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in oh. the league. Um, why'd you say, oh? 
because I, I I'm still waiting for my jersey. Like I, I after after Monday night, like I'm I'm such I'm a super fan. Like I I cannot. I already was. Like, I mean, I loved him at Louisville. But I, like I I would love for Lamar Jackson to be the best quarterback in the NFL. I think that's if that's where this is all headed, then great. And I think it would be as exciting a thing that could possibly happen to the NFL. Bart, right now, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I I understand his case. I do. I mean, that you cannot take your eyes off the guy and. Look at what he's doing. He's throwing the ball. This is what he was supposed to not right. be able to do, mm-hmm. right? And right. now he's doing it. So, like, they're, they're taking away the run the last guy, and he's throwing for 300, 400 yards. So, if he's evolving his game like that and developing as a thrower, not as a quarterback. He's already a fully developed quarterback and a leader and all those things. But as a thrower uh-huh. and being more consistent with that, the sky is the limit. Is he having the best season? Or is he the best quarterback? Is he having the, no, Brady's having the best seat. I mean, that, like it's, it's ridiculous. Because I think Lamar Jackson Numbers. would probably be a lead in the MVP voting right now, right? I, I would Tom give Brady him MVP. I would give Lamar MVP right now. I would because I don't because that word valuable, right? Like sixteen guys on IR that they, they haven't had their left tackle. They don't have a secondary. They're down to their fourth string running back. The first round receiver they took this year hasn't played yet. I don't know how you can watch the Ravens, know everything that's going on with them, understand that they're four and one, and think that they, that anyone in the league could possibly be more valuable to his team yeah. than Lamar Jackson is right now. Dan, in 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 Jay, you know, I'm gonna bring this this based on what you said are you looking for me? I'm I'm in LA. Based on based <laughs> on what you far. based on what you said, Dan, about watching him at Louisville and everything, I'm gonna bring this cornball producer in, Evan, that just is like, oh, well, when I saw him at Louisville, I just didn't think he could play the position the way he's playing That's it not now. What, I said. what did you say then? I said if I was an NFL GM. If I didn't have the right people in place, I would not have drafted him. Oh, so, God, I'm that's a fan not what you said. a liar. And it, with the, who the Jets had in place, I would not have drafted Lamar Jackson. That's, that's what I said. Based on uh, watching him, if I didn't have the right people li- in place, I would not have drafted him. So I'm saying that right now. I would not have drafted Lamar Jackson. King. So, yes. leaving aside the accuracy of, of these guys' stories and who said what when, I remember before that draft, doing you do all these radio interviews and stuff. Like I, I forget which market it was in. Somebody said, "Do you think Lamar Jackson will be a great NFL quarterback?" And my answer was, "Tell me who's going to coach him, right? Like who's going to pick him?" Because the Baltimore Ravens have a smart and stable coaching staff that went and said, "Look, we've got something special here," and, and so we, we could we could try and make him into something he's not. Or we can try to build around what's special about him. And they have done that. And in the meantime, they've also developed things about him that probably did need work when he got into the league. So he caught a, he caught a break there. It, circumstances matter. Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid and being able to sit here, it mattered, right? So yes. y- you see it both ways, but there's no question. And I'm not saying other people deserve credit. Lamar's great and all that kind of stuff. But my point is every, the situation does matter, and it has been a great let's, one for him t- to, to enter the league. Let's, absolutely. Let's talk no about, question. Let's talk about Mahomes for a second because you brought him up and I think sometimes Lamar is harder to fit in some category in our minds right we haven't seen a guy play like that and be the best quarterback in the world but we have seen that with Mahomes in Aaron Rodgers right there's a comp there that we go oh yeah we've seen something like this and here it is and those are the two special guys from that draft era right those are the two guys who've been in the league now four seasons or so and have distinguished themselves as differently talented do do you think the league has caught up to Mahomes either by that I mean either defenses or other quarterbacks closing the gap 
I think in terms of the former, I think there's a, there's a playbook on how to do it right now with Mahomes and the Chiefs. And it is, you saw Buffalo execute it very well. They play deep coverage. They try and take Tyreek Hill away. And in order to do that, you have to be really strong up front without sending extra guys, and you have to be able to cut off the run game. And Buffalo was able to do all that, and we've seen a couple other teams do that to Kansas City this year as well. I don't think that means they've caught up to Mahomes. I think it means it's, on, it's incumbent on Mahomes and Andy Reid now to adjust back and figure out how to beat you know, what they've come up with. They haven't come up with a reliable number two wide receiver. I mean, I know they have Kelsey, but a wide receiver, right? Nicole Hardman has not developed the way they hope. They go out and sign Josh Gordon. Maybe he can help. But they need somebody to take that pressure off of Tyreek Hill. And as a result, I think Mahomes is starting to, to force some things and turn the ball over. I, I believe in his ability to turn it around and, and, and likely this season. But there's no question in my mind that teams have come up with a way to play this team that has started to be a little more effective than it used to be. Dan, you and Jeremy Fowler uh, have a piece on Deshaun Watson coming out today. What is the latest, I guess, you could tell us on the situation with the Texas quarterback? Well, that's the kind of thing. I mean, the latest. So the piece is sort of like a reset where things stand, right? And there really isn't a lot of latest. The reason we, we put it out now, we're about we're a little more than two weeks away from the uh, trade deadline. And so I think there's legitimate questions being raised by, by fans and around the league of could this happen? Could he be moved at the trade deadline? I personally don't think it's likely, but I think we tried to get into as many details as possible in terms of how we got here, what the issues are, could something happen in the next couple of weeks, could something happen next offseason. But underneath all of it is, of course, the, the real-world stuff that, that Deshaun Watson is involved in, the 22 lawsuits, uh, everything that he has to take care of off the field before we can start talking about him as a football player again. Because, Max, you're talking about Mahomes and Lamar Jackson from that draft era. Yeah. This guy was as good as anybody in the league last year, right? And he's not Just playing. Yeah. So it's a, big, it's, it's a big issue hanging over the league, and I think people are curious how it gets resolved. I personally don't think it's that close to being resolved. How, how, how awkward is it? Because when yeah. I read through the piece a little bit, it, it's just him looming around the yeah. organization. He's there, but he's not there. He's training by himself, but he's not involved in team meetings, but he is to a degree. And a new coach and a new GM and a lot of new players. I mean, it, it, there's, there's got to be a lot of discomfort there about this situation. Now, it's been going on for a month or so, and I think people have probably learned how to live with it. I don't think he's being disruptive in the facility. He's just sort of there, and I'm sure every now and then somebody looks and goes, oh, wouldn't it be great if, you know, if he could start a quarterback for us this week? But, um, yeah, I think he's there because he's trying to force their hand and, and make them uncomfortable. Dan, what should we make <clears throat> of the latest from the Washington football team investigation? The emails have come out about Jeff Pash and, and Bruce Allen's relationship, a league, uh, what, council, I guess, yeah. or – and an executive from a team, it seems cozy. They're discussing politics a little bit and, and fines. And what, what, do you, what do we make of this? I don't think it's probably that unusual. But I do think that as fans start to get more and more of a, of a look at this stuff, I think there are going to be people that are surprised by how some of this stuff works. And there are going to be people that are turned off by it in ways that, that don't necessarily even rise to the, the, the level of the Gruden stuff. right? I mean, this, this stuff that came out last night is not in that same vein remotely. But, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of – we're going to see a lot of making of the sausage start to get revealed here. And I think people are going to realize, you know, look, this has been hailed for years as, as an old boys club. Those emails that came out last night between Pash and Bruce Allen certainly support that in a way that I think people probably don't even realize how deep it goes. So, yeah, I think it's 
and passed to oversee the revocation of the Washington football team's fine, correct? 15 G's. Yeah. Okay. Again, like, yeah, I mean, to the extent that, you know, deals get cut behind closed yeah. door. I mean, like, that, that stuff, I, I don't know that the league wants a lot of that out. The always excellent Dan Graziano, ladies and gentlemen. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, Dan. NFL. I'm right behind you, Dan. Look at me. I'm behind you. <laughs> NFL <laughs> hoping the attention turns back to the field this weekend, and that's, that's where harsh. our attention turns next. It's- Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Time to get to four downs on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Here on ESPN Radio, the four best games for week six in the NFL and a bonus college games, four downs, is brought to you by Geico. Happy Geico-ween. Switch to Geico and see if saving money is in your future. Let's do it. First down. Packers at Bears, Key. Yeah, the Packers are going to the division rival, the Bears, seeing Justin Fields for the first time in his young career. Can they neutralize this guy and make sure that they do not allow this quarterback to take advantage of a defense that is in and out and suspect-wise? But on the other side of the ball, there's Aaron Rodgers that's there. There's Devontae Adams and everything that they do from an offensive standpoint. So I would think that the Green Bay Packers will win this football game, but I'm hoping that Justin Fields has a really nice output. Yeah, the Packers are susceptible against the run. Uh, you heard Dave Kaplan come on our show, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Uh, Damian Williams being out for the Bears, I think, hurts already David Montgomery not being there. Khalil Herbert has to have a big game. At the end of the day, I'm going to bet money on Aaron Rodgers. But it, it, something feels different when Justin Fields has the ball in his hands. It just it feels different for the Bears now. I'm just going to say this and leave it at this, okay? If Justin Fields figures out a way by hook or by crook to beat the Packers. <laughs> All right, let's move it along. Second down. Chargers at Baltimore key. Long flight for the Chargers from west to east. And this is okay, though, because you got two of the young quarterbacks in the league that we'll be talking about over the next 15 years in Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. Two guys that is just 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 unleashed on the National Football League. And I think when you talk about what the Ravens are capable of doing, this is a big game for the Chargers because the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Raiders, and the Denver Broncos are hovering around within that division. 
the Baltimore Ravens, if they win this football game, can separate themselves from the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, two MVP contenders. But I will tell you, I think the X factor in this game, Austin Eckler, if he can get the ball moving on the ground, it makes the passing attack of Justin Herbert even more, even more dangerous. I think that's going to be interesting to see how that Ravens defense handles Austin Eckler. Yeah, I'll say this again. I hear, Key, what you say about Lamar Jackson, put him over there in his own category, right? So if you do that and Lamar's in his own category, the three quarterbacks for my eye that I just think these three dudes are different are Mahomes, Rodgers, and Herbert. Herbert, to me, is that type of dude. Apologies, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, a lot of guys were great, but there's just something that jumps out of the screen to me about Justin Herbert that, that, that's Mahomes-ish. That's Rodgers-ish to me as a passer. I love that game. I think that's the best matchup of the week. Third down. Cardinals at Browns key. Yeah, the Cards are taking their air raid on the road, going from the West Coast to the Midwest to take on the Cleveland Browns in a tough loss last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. Run the football, Browns, if you want to win this football game. Dominate the ground game against the Arizona Cardinals. Don't allow Baker Mayfield to put you in a position where he has to win the game at the end, and then you got an OBJ who's looking to get out of there in the future because he's not getting the football because he is not throwing it to him. And then on the other side, the on the other side with the Cardinals, the air race system is cracking and rolling right now, throwing the ball all over the lot. They found the run game for them, so it's going to be an interesting game. I don't want to pick a winner on this one. I love mm-hmm. hearing Key talk positive about the air rate system, something that doesn't happen most of the times on this show. Uh, you know, walking into the South Street Seaport this morning, I was listening to Tupac, All Eyes on Me, and it just brings me back to that song because all eyes on the chemistry between Baker Mayfield and OBJ. You know, inside report from The Athletic, OBJ may not be happy with this situation. He may want to trade by the November 2nd deadline, trade deadline. Seeing how they work, seeing if Baker goes to him in big moments – Everybody will be paying attention to that. Let me tell you what I think is on the line for Baker Mayfield here, because I agree. If they don't have chemistry, if they're just not clicking, then they got to move Odell, because what's the point, right? But to me, Odell is the difference between, oh, there's a good playoff team. They can win a game. They can make, and maybe winning a Super Bowl. Like Baker's going to need a little help from a receiver to put him over the top, I think. So that's on Baker, really more than anyone, to figure this thing out with Odell. I think a lot is on the line there. Let's move it along. Fourth down. Cowboys at Patriots key. Yeah, this could be a particular (laughs) trap game for the Dallas Cowboys. Be careful. Don't roll into Foxborough on your high horse feeling like the New England Patriots don't have a chance to win. They do have a chance to win, and Bill Bill Belichick could dial up some of that misty, rainy weather up in the Foxborough <laughs> area because that always seems to happen when high and mighty teams come rolling in the Foxborough. A young quarterback in Mac Jones going against one of the best, maybe a guy that should be in the MVP conversation as well, Trayvon Diggs. I mean, he has interception in each game this season. Will be an interesting matchup to kind of see, considering the position that Trayvon Diggs played in college. He understands how wide receivers move, and he looks ahead. It's almost like a, a point guard in the game of basketball, seeing plays ahead. That's going to be a fascinating matchup to watch. I, by the way, I've been saying, if there is a non-quarterback, in the MVP conversation, I think it's Trayvon Diggs. And by the way, this is when they're still throwing at him, right? Pretty soon, they're not going to throw. I think that's when a corner gets even more valuable, when they just stop throwing at him because now you've got all kinds of problems for the other team's offense. Um, 
this you know eventually Bill Belichick's going to have to find some wins in here right not just well the Patriots are pretty good without Tom Brady he's going to have to start finding actual wins not just moral victories all right bonus down guys bonus down number 11 Kentucky and that offense at number one Georgia and that defense key yeah, this is going to be an interesting college football game, but I don't think Kentucky has enough to beat Georgia. Georgia's rolling right now. Kirby Smart is a defensive-minded coach who is on fire with his defense. That is the reason he got the Georgia job in the first place, and he's doing a terrific job with the number one Bulldogs. Sure, I mean, Kentucky has rushed for at least 300 yards in his two of his four SEC games this season, reading that stats off the page, because it doesn't matter. Here's my excerpt opinion, Key. 22-and-a-half-point spread in this game 22 and a half point spread for Georgia and I'm taking it yeah the like I had David Pollock on this just in yesterday have I mentioned it's on 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN the point is he said he said so many plugs <laughs> well I try he's I'm happy to keep plug Key's book has anyone is everyone aware of the importance of Key's book Key what was the title Forgotten first. What, what, what are you, what, you went from David Pollock. I'm trying to, to get. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to plug for you. All right. The point is, David. Always got to be ready, Key. David Pollock <laughs> told me on the air that the Georgia defense is maybe not only the best in Georgia history, the best oh, in God. college football oh, history. It's going to be on a short list if it continues like this. They don't give up points. All right. Oh, God. So you heard our thoughts on the Browns and Cardinals. College and has a downs. long history, too. No doubt. I'm just saying, so far, <laughs> through this many games, it's in the conversation. Let's get Mike in Tennessee's thoughts on the Browns on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. What's up, Mike? What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Max? I uh, miss you in my afternoon, but I love you my mornings, man. But uh, I just want to comment on the, uh, the Baker Mayfield uh, and, uh, and uh, OBJ comment. So we had the same conversation last year. As soon as OBJ got hurt and he was out of the picture, the Browns became a playoff team and Baker Mayfield became an MVP talk. So I don't really see the difference between last year and this year. And if I can make a second uh, point here, if you don't care, the, uh, the, the league has not caught up with Patrick Mahomes. They've caught up with the Chiefs. We put the Chiefs in this dynasty category yes. when really all we have is a dynasty quarterback. Yes, mm. that is correct. He is 100% correct. They, as I, all this chief talk about they're going to win six Super Bowls in two years and all that. It's like, come on, man. Y'all, y'all doing way too much. Remember what I said, Jay. You know how hard it is to win a damn game? Let alone, oh. I got the max situation. Catching. Oh, damn. No, what it is is it's, it's the up late screaming and hollering at the Dodgers, and yeah. that, that's what it is, losing my voice. But it's one of those deals where you look at Kansas City and you put them in this dynasty category, which it's like, okay, yes, they went to two and could have gone to three, but they won one. So let's slow it down because it's hard as hell to win one game. Remember I kept saying that, Jay? One game. Oh, no, man, they're going to win six out of – they're going to win six Super Bowls in two years. That, that, they're going to change everything. I'm like – that doesn't even – no, man, Check no. this out, Key. I, I, Jay, I don't even think the league has – I mean, they've closed the gap, but I think the Chiefs are going to be fine this year. People forget. A couple of years ago, maybe – was this last year? Everyone kind of forgot about them early in the season. I was, I was on first take saying, have we forgotten about the Chiefs? I had to bring that up several weeks in a row, and they wind up in the Super Bowl. Like, 
let's see how this season pans out. They're a good football team. That's why I said. There's no question about it. With an insane quarterback. Give them better every single year. But give them three weeks and let's see what the conversation is after they go through the Washington football team, the Titans, and the Giants. Win, win, win. Okay. Good medicine, huh? Yes. That schedule sometimes serves as great medicine. That that last dose will be the Giants at the end corner. You know, that little corner when you tip it? (laughs) That's right. It's so good. The Dodgers advanced to the NLCS. Key's happy, but there was some controversy. And to help us with no that, we bring in no our MLB analyst, Eduardo Perez, on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Good morning, Eduardo. Uh, good morning, Mac. Good morning to Keyshawn and Jay Will as well, man. It was a heck of a game last night, fellas. You know, I tweaked Key before the um, you know teasing this segment by saying the best team in baseball – lost but in fact by the time they played this game they each had 109 wins and the Dodgers are now sitting at 110 making them at this point the best team in baseball no Eduardo unbelievable isn't it I mean a wild card team the Dodgers and then because it's the wild card team and they win they celebrated last night and they celebrated like they rightfully should but now they had a plane that they didn't know if it was going to go to LA if they were going to go back home to LA as losers or head out to Atlanta to play tomorrow, and uh, that 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 plane must have sensed like a like a lot of champagne and beer. But they should have arrived by now, I think, in Atlanta. And and what a happy bunch! They they pulled one off yesterday. It was a great tight game, and unfortunately, I know you're going to touch on it. What happened in the last out of the game? It was uh, uh, sad to see, but at the same time, they still prevailed for those 26 outs before that 27 out was made. 27 out was made. Mm-hmm. Eddie, that's not our problem. We won the game. so <laughs> I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. With that being said, though, should replay be used in that situation or kind of let it go and let the eyes be the test? You know what? Um, baseball is like the purest as far as that, but we've seen technology already come into play. And I think, you know, I actually read yesterday, Carl Ravitch, uh, one of our colleagues here at ESPN, a uh, partner of mine, he, he covers the Little League World Series. And I love the fact that no matter what, even if it's not a reviewable play for the last out of the game, if there's any discrepancy whatsoever, it becomes reviewable. And I think this one right here should have become reviewable because it's the last play, last out of the game. That way, there's no there's no having to have conversation about this. I mean, replay has made it look a lot easier for us, especially in the playoffs where it's not just seven cameras that are being used on a nightly basis in a regular season. We're looking at over 15 or 16 cameras that they have minimum there at the stadium. We've seen all kinds of views. And it was clear and cut that um, Gabe Morales, the first base umpire, got it wrong. And I just... And it doesn't mean that um, uh, Jose uh, uh, Flor- uh, Will Flores was going to actually have a great at-bat because he wasn't having a competitive at-bat. He was 0 for 17 lifetime against Max Scherzer. It was the fact that we just wanted to end with a clear and concise call, either a home run, a hit, or a strikeout, or a catch, or no catch. Eduardo Perez, ESPN MLB analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Eddie, so the Dodgers are going to the NLCS. What do you think about their decision bringing Max Scherzer on the mound last night considering he had short rest? They had to. 
I mean, the, the, the numbers of Max Scherzer on short rest with two days was not good in the postseason. The last time he had done it was actually 2017 when it was against the Cubs, and he was on the mound for the, for the Washington Nationals, and Dusty Baker called upon him, and he allowed four runs. Two of those were earned. Um, but when they started the opener yesterday with Corey Knable, and then they followed it with Bruce Dar Gatterall, uh, they had to. There, there were no other arms that he could trust after having used uh, Blake Trinan for just one inning in the seventh inning. Then he went to uh, then he went to Kenley Jansen, his closer, in the eighth inning. He had to hit uh-huh. for him in that moment, mm-hmm. and I man, I got goosebumps because this is what playoff baseball is about. And I'm glad to see that the Dodgers were forward thinking with it, but at the same time, old school thinking with, I need to have my best arm for the three biggest outs of the game. And the three biggest outs that he's never able, never able, uh, never able to have done before. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have watched it from the first out all the way through the last. And Max Scherzer, I think he's still celebrating and bumping into guys left and right uh, <laughs> in his sleep. Eddie, what's the biggest matchup in this Dodgers-Braves-NLCS game? Or series, better yet? Yeah, in the series, it's going to come down to, I believe, the pitching. I mean, the Atlanta Braves were able to neutralize the Milwaukee Brewers with their starting pitching. And I think if you would have asked Atlanta, if they had to choose, who who would you rather play, San Francisco and lose home field advantage where they would have had to have flown cross-country and started the series tomorrow or play against the Dodgers and be have home field advantage and start the series in Atlanta, I think they would have said, we'll sacrifice home field advantage and play against the San Francisco Giants. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons is because you have Scherzer, you have Urias who threw yesterday, I mean, you have Bueller uh, in the rotation, like, they didn't even pitch David Price. They didn't even pitch um, some of those big arms. Plus, Blake Trinan in the bullpen and Kenley Jansen have been on fire. I don't think they wanted any part of that pitching staff and experience that the Dodgers had. So I have to go with the starting pitching as far as both teams just being dominant when it comes to that. Ed, you're on the call tonight for the ALCS Game 1 between the Red Sox and the Astros, sorry, Max and Jay Will. Uh, what do you make of Alex Cars <laughs> <laughs> managing against the Astros in ALCS? I'll tell you what, I'm just surprised that you got off the Dodger questions because I thought it was all, all going to be Dodgers with you, man. <laughs> oh, no, 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 man. I got a little baseball knowledge a little bit. I like it. I like it. You know what? It's, it's, it's again, um, Alex Cora, both times he's gone to the World Series, as a, as a Houston Astro, he did it as a bench coach, and they went through, uh, they had to go through the Boston Red Sox to get there. They won. Then the next year, he's the Boston Red Sox manager, and he has to go through the Houston Astros. He won. Um, this year, I think it's going to be the Dusty Baker, Alex Cora managerial decisions, because both teams right now are swinging really good bats. Who is the team that's going to be able to continue to swing that really good bat? Um, I went pitching with the Dodgers in uh, Atlanta. I'm going offense right now with uh, the Astros and and um, and Red Sox. But one thing to keep and to keep notice of this: during the regular season, Rafael Devers 
was just force-fed fastball after fastball after fastball. Over 60 fastballs that he saw in a, in a, in a series against the, the Houston Astros, and he couldn't figure it out. I want to see how the Houston Astros are going to attack Rafael Devers this time around. Are they going to the fastball, or are they going to switch it up and start going off-speed pitches, a pitch that he hits really well? Uh, but to me, as a former hitting coach and a former uh, former uh, uh, player, I want to see the approach that they take against Rafael Devers, who's the epicenter right now of their offense. That is Eduardo Perez, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be on the broadcast in the ALCS. Eduardo, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Eddie. Okay, thanks. Eddie. You guys are doing a great job, man. Love hearing you guys. Appreciate thanks, it. Brother. Thanks, brother. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. There's nothing better than baseball on the radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Can an NFL quarterback really throw strawberry through a battleship? I don't even know the words I just said. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Time for Take It or Shake It. Evan. And Take It or Shake It is brought to you by Granger. Guys, I said it earlier this week. I'm sticking by it. Tom Brady is the best young quarterback in the league right now. Take It or Shake It. Take It. Come on. Take It. Yeah, absolutely. 24-year-old Tom Brady is slicing and dicing. We got a chance to see him last night against the Philadelphia Eagles. He did it again. Terrific time. He just continues to amaze all of us out there on that football field. Young Tom. Tom's got another 40 years to play. <laughs> I, I, I can't jump on this train. Tom is great. I love Tom. Has a chance to win another Super Bowl. Best young quarterback in the league, man. Right. Justin let, Herbert. Let me rephrase this. If you could start your franchise for the next four years with a quarterback. Justin Herbert. Justin, okay. Justin Herbert for me. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, um, that's the premise of this question. I agree, yes. I agree with the Justin Herbert pick, especially considering he doesn't get paid yet and he's already this good and everything. The only thing I'll say about Brady is, watching him last night, I realized, let me appreciate this because probably, I may only see this for another 10 or 15 years. You know, he may only be doing this for another 10 or 15 years. You went from him falling off the cliff to him being now. around for another 30 years. I don't, know the, I don't know for the next four years if I would start my franchise with Justin Herbert. I don't know that. I think I would probably go Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Huh. You like experience okay. and they still have stuff right. in the tank. Okay. Okay. Right. Speaking of Justin Herbert, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, said Justin Herbert could throw a strawberry through a battleship. Have no idea what it means, but Justin Herbert could throw a strawberry through a battleship, take it or shake it. What? 
Take it. Take it. Take it. Absolutely. What does that yeah, mean? That means he could he could pierce a, a football through uh, a eighty mile an hour wind with no problem at all and slice some ice on the other side. That's yeah. all. That's it's it's all those catchphrases and cliches that they use. Coaches say. I mean, he has a strong arm. He is a big, big, tall drink of water with a strong <laughs> arm. No question at all. What are you laughing at, Jay? He's calling him a tall drink of water. <laughs> well, that's what the that's that's, that's that old yes, coach talk. Old coach talk. Wait, Key, have you heard that that type of analogy used before? He could throw a strawberry through a battleship. Yes, I have. Really, coach, man? Coach speak. Yeah, it doesn't coach splatter speak. against the battleship. It, it goes so fast, it goes right through it. Pierces it's like, the have armor. you ever heard this one, Jay? He could stop on a dime, give some change, and start right back up. I heard that before. I just never I heard mean, the, I, and I like that one. I just never heard the strawberry. Have you ever one. heard of this one other than for me? He can't play dead in a cowboy movie? No, yes, I, have, I have heard that. Have in you fact, ever heard, I heard that? I've heard you the first time. That yes. one, yeah. yeah, but have you ever heard of J O P? No. Jump on pow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> jump on pow. You put us up on that. I love or or that. here's another one. Here's another one. So jump on pow, which the guy is, they're taking down the guy. Right, and then all of a sudden, the defender comes and dives on the pile like he's really doing something. Yeah. Or better yet, pi. You ever heard of that, that one? Yes, you. This is the best oh, one ever. Okay. Tell him. Tell him. Pi, not pass interference, but pile inspector. <laughs> pile the, inspector. The guy who runs up. The guy who runs up on the pile and looks down like he's getting ready to do something. Like you really didn't want to get in. That would be me. That would be me. You didn't want to get in on the tackle. I'm a PI for sure. Pile inspector is the best. I'm a PI for sure, Key. Yeah, I'm taking my ass. Nowhere close to y'all in there. Pile inspector is the best football thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Or 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 a guy. Have you heard of Olay? Mm mm. Where Just a guy, the guy go through. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a matador. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't want any part of it. He just let him go through. Little 230 pound running back. Yeah. Have you ever heard of brother-in-law? No. No. Okay, so when a guy, I'm blocking you, Max. I'm supposed to block you, but I'm sitting there going, because I don't want to do anything to you because you're my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. So why are you out there brother-in-law on that guy? Mm-hmm. Being <laughs> friendly with him. P.I. Take takes down the and not be P.I. is the one. P.I. takes the cake. Well, wait, though. I know we're supposed to be going on, but you have to be in the meeting rooms when we're watching film <laughs> and coaches are saying stuff like that. They're putting, you know, they're looking at the opponent and they're giving you a scouting report on this guy. And he goes, that dude, say, all he wants to do is pile inspect. You don't have to worry about him. Look at him running up on the pile, inspecting the pile. He doesn't want to do anything. Here's another one for you. Uh, uh, when they're from a scout, bad DNA, right? Mm-hmm. When it got with, so yeah. what they say is, how big is he? He goes, oh, he's 5'10", 165. Bad he's DNA. not very big at all. Yeah, he has bad DNA. <laughs> Have you seen his parents? We can't draft that guy. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where. Uh, I, I just, guess we're done with that's whatever. That's the whole we're segment. That's just <laughs> be the whole. We're actually, we're done with the segment, actually. Pile inspector, run, you know exactly what he's talking about. Runs up on the pile to inspect. Be honest, Max, that, that would be you and I. Oh, of Take, course, not getting in the middle of that. No. Take it or shake. It's brought to you by Granger with supplies <laughs> and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. You guys want one more? One more? Here yes. Go. Way right. to tie it all together. Speaking Evan. of a guy who has good DNA, dad played in the major leagues. The league has caught up to Patrick Mahomes. Take it or shake it. Shake, Shake it. That, Shake it. Yeah, that's not that's not real. Everybody's gotten better, but they haven't caught up to Patrick Mahomes. The, 
The Chiefs will be fine, like Max says. I don't know that they're going to run off 10 in a row or nothing like that, but I think if they – first of all, the division is not out of their reach. And if they win the division, no one will want to see them in the playoffs. Mm. I'm glad we're running out of time, so I don't have to waste my breath on actually discussing that comment. Why Keith thinks Baker Mayfield is costing himself money. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Oh, <laughs>